My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Hey friends. Welcome to the view from Laura's window. A podcast where life is explored through positive Christian thoughts. And when I say window, I'm referring to the view or perspective of life and how we think, act, and react. Everyone has a window, and yes, every window has a different view. Sometimes our view may not always be clear, and sometimes it may not always be focused. But I hope through this podcast and a positive Christian mindset, you will have a much better perspective. So open up your windows, your hearts, and your thoughts to the encouraging view from Laura's perspective. Hi everyone and welcome. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday all day long. And yes, it is Tuesday's Talk Day. Is it Tuesday's Talk, Tuesday's Talks, Tuesday's Talks, Tuesday's Talk? Whichever it is, I'll figure it out. Anyway, it is a place where we can get up close and personal with each other in a no-judgment zone and talk about all the stuff, the stuff that hinders our view as well as ways to clear the view for a more focused perspective. Our guests will share their encouraging stories, thoughts, and ideas for us as the listener to resonate with. And yes, faith-based conversations are encouraged and welcome because a life with faith is a life with purpose. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Um, Today, I am bringing on Kat Caldwell. She is from Wisconsin, who loves languages, loves different cultures, wants to see the world, and believes everyone has a story to tell. Even the little voices in her head end up in ink on paper. And she is the author of two novels, um, which are Stepping Across the Desert and An Audience with the King. And she is so excited to be living her dream of being an author. And she feels this is a beautiful time to be creative, be a creative person, And for that reason, that is why she is the host of her podcast, which is called Pencils and Lipstick, a podcast for creatives where they're they've started their creative business or not, whether they have or not. 
their, their, to hear stories of those who've gone before them and to get advice on how to better their business and lives and encouragement to keep going forward just one step each day. And I met her through her podcast and on today's show, what we're hoping to talk about is um, how people are created with a purpose, and she believes God sings over us while we are forming, and she believes he sings into us what he created for us, and she wants people to know that they have a story worth telling, worth living, and that everything in their life, good or bad, can bring them to their purpose, so I just want to get on with it, and let's bring her on, and let's get started. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, and I think it says recording. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing really good. So um, it's good to meet you finally face-to-face. Yes, <laughs> not <laughs> Instead on of Facebook. Us just, yeah, not on Facebook and, and not hearing each other's podcasts and our voices. Exactly. So it's really good. So I appreciate you um, taking time to come on today. I truly do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk to you. I, I feel like I know you a little bit because you're in my head sometimes. You know, you listen <laughs> oh, to no. other people's podcasts. You're like, I know Laura. I know that voice. <laughs> I know what you mean. Exactly. Um, exactly. So um, I'm finding that your podcast has become very interesting and very entertaining to me. And I mean entertaining because all the others that I listen to um, are, yours is somewhat different. You put your whole personality into it to where Mm. some of them is more business-like. And um, I find that um, the more I listen to you, I become more interested in you just as much as I am your guest. Oh, that's good. So now that I have you here and you're on... Could you share a little bit with me and the listeners about yourself, the creative you, and yeah. what brings you joy, and what does your typical work day look like, or just your normal day when you're not I might know. Um, Well, I'm Kat Caldwell. I'm married to a Spaniard. I spent um, 10 years living overseas, so we went, we got married in 2006 and then we went over to Madrid um, and then to France where I had all my babies. I um, have always been a creative person but I think that at the age I am and the way that I grew up it was not uh, that was a hobby that wasn't something that you did for a living. Um, I was told that it was great that I could write but please um, study something real. So I did, and I never <laughs> used my degree ever. Um, what is that in? I studied linguistics um, okay. because my real thing was going to be I was going to be a translator. And I quickly found that I did not care for that at all. I enjoy languages a lot. I speak three, but I don't care to translate them. In fact, my <laughs> books are not translated because I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Uh, I love studying languages and hearing them and going to other cultures. That's a whole passion of mine that I'm excited to see one day where that, where that leads. But no, I don't want to translate. I quickly was, was very fine with the stock, the market crashing and me being sent home (laughs) in Madrid with my baby Uh and was like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, in 2015, we moved to Dallas, Texas, 
and that was about the time that I was really trying to figure out, I think I was probably three years into trying to figure out how to be a writer as a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, We were, you know, I'm blessed enough that my husband brings home the bacon, so to be, and I could have that time to figure it out, to figure out how I could be a writer. My my youngest was still really little, um, but I would find time to write, and it took three years, but I finally finished my second novel. Um, my first novel is technically out about in the ether, but um, it probably won't ever really get back. <laughs> it was a very young write, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll just leave that where it is. <laughs> so my historical novel took a long time to write. It took a lot of growing. I think God really had me um, needing me to. That's okay. <laughs> That's my youngest. I love it. <laughs> and I'm worried about my dog barking. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. So my historical novel took a long time to write. I was struggling a lot, um, in my, in myself and with God, I was coming back to him. It had been a few years that I'd come back to him, but he really needed me, I think, to mature and to get over some stuff. Um, so, you know, when you're struggling with God and trying to do something else, he usually takes <laughs> precedence. <Yes. you> know? <laughs> but True. he's really had me grow a lot in my confidence with him. Um, I have slowly been able to say I am a writer. That's what I do. I'm an author. Um, so we're talking, you know, fall of 2015, I didn't publish it and really get it in the Amazon Kindle until 2017. So it took me still a while to get that, to get the confidence. How long did it take you to write it? Three years. And so then another year and a half, probably just to edit it. Um, cause I brought it to an editor and she was like, you have to cut out like half of this. It was like 200,000 words. And she was like, this is, it's too much. I'm sure it was uh, hard for you to decide what to cut was, out. It was hard. Yeah. Um, but I did a lot of learning in that, you know, just because I, I guess I learned just because God gave you a talent doesn't mean you really know everything about it. Right. And that can be very humbling. Um, but thank, thank God for God and learning <laughs> yeah. to be humble. Yes. And, um, um, and thank goodness he had brought me to a place that I was able to breathe in and be like, okay, she knows more than me. I better do that. Um, and it was good advice. It's pretty long as it is. It's still over a hundred thousand words, but it's a historical novel, you know, so those tend to be a bit longer. Um, after that, I really wanted to continue and I've, I've been writing, I have another fantasy novel out that came out just last fall. And around that, God had me start um, a podcast, which before the one I have now, it was with a friend of mine. He had me doing videos on Proverbs, and I didn't really understand what I was doing, except that I was being creative and getting to write and do all these things. And it's not been until the last year that I've really seen it grow into something that I can put a brand around. and understand that my passion now is to really get uh, people in and on the path of their creativity. Because I think a lot of us are creative. I think all of us are creative in yeah. something. But um, 
creatives, you know, whether you're an artist, a writer, a baker, whatever, it's hard to get onto that path sometimes. And, and I want to help people get there and to get the confidence to do it. It took me a long time. I can't imagine I'm the only one. Um, and building a business around it is more difficult than, or different at least than just, you know, opening up a shop or something right. like that. It, it just takes a little bit more <laughs> creativity, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why I started Pencils and Lipstick as a podcast. And to interview other creatives, to get ideas from them, to share things with them, and to be able to encourage them and them encourage me. Because I really think as a community, if we can help one another, everybody will grow, yes. you know, instead of just <clears throat> keeping everything to ourselves and trying to grow all individually. Um, so that is sort of the, a shortened version of the journey I've been on for the last few years. Do you find that as you're helping others find their creativity, that it's helping you as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that's the most encouraging thing. That was my hypothesis, and it's <laughs> definitely proving to be true. And it's, it's probably the most fulfilling thing, honestly. I, I have to agree with that. The more I do this, the more I learn. And I'm learning from others. Like yes. right now, I'm learning from you. So yes. thank you. <laughs> thank no, you, the I best thing about the podcast is to talk to people who you would never run into. No, yes. And everybody has a wealth of knowledge on something, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to have a conversation in this day and age of and, not being able to have a conversation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, not be able to actually meet people right now, <laughs> socialize. So yes. you're doing it virtually. So um, you say that people are created with a purpose mm -hmm. and God sings over us while we are forming. And you believe he sings into us what he created for us. Can we talk yeah. about that a little bit? Like, I think this is such a beautiful thought. What do you mean when you say God sings over us? Um, so I, I really believe that everything that we see in ourselves that's good, anything that's good on earth is from God. And so he really had me get to know him as I learned how to mother my children. And when I finally went back to actually reading um, his word and not just listening to pastors, which that's mm -hmm. awesome, they're, they're there for a reason, but listening to and reading his word, um, I kept coming back, you know, in the Psalms, it says that he formed us in our mother's womb. Yeah. Um, he knew us in the most intricate, dark places, you know. Um, and in Zechariah, it says that he will rejoice over you with singing. And he, knew, you know, so there's all these, these verses of he has a plan for you. Um, he will cover you with his wings. Uh, when you're hurt, he takes you like a mother. And I guess as I was reading that and mothering my kids, what I really saw is, you know, when, when your, your child comes to you and runs to you, and sometimes they run to you and all they need is a hug, especially as toddlers, and then they'll run away. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be like, what is that? You know, and I, I came from a pretty broken home as a child. So mothering was just like this new, like, very new thing for me where it was awe-inspiring and scary and I just saw the world so differently 
from my kids. And so I just remember being like, it was so natural to hold them and sing over them. And when I was not, you know, in my very human, <laughs> because we can be very, um, you know, with the worries of the world and all that stuff, if I wasn't in that, but more in the moment of taking in that moment of with my child, it was so natural to sing over them and to impart over them the love that I had for them and what, what I saw for them. And yet, my, you know, my vision is, as, as a human is very limited in what I can see, but I just saw that as like, if I can do that in my very humanness, um, very broken and very limited, what more can God do? And if he says that he covers us in, in his wings and he is the refuge that we can run to, you know, I grew up with him being such a silent God, and that's not how he is in, the, in his word, in the what Bible. What do you mean by he, silent? I just thought of him as this thing that was there. That he's just there to go to? Like a computer, maybe, and okay. he knew stuff, but he wasn't speaking. You know, there was no relationship. It was like, okay, he knows all this. But just a one-sided. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't see him as... as um, I, I saw the Bible as rules because I didn't really read it for myself growing up. It was just whatever was taught to me. Right. Um, but the more that I read his word, even the Old Testament, which I think sometimes we think is kind of scary, you know, is, or hard to understand. But I just see him being such a perfect father and being like, Israel, why are you doing this? And then being like, if you just, if you just come back to me. You know, he's such yeah. a father and like, you can't do it. You can't do this because you're going to ruin your life. <laughs> like, this is, these are the rules of the universe. Yes. If you just come to me, I will forgive you and I will cover you and I will protect you. And so I just saw, started seeing him as somebody who would cradle us, who wants to be there for us, who wants to, you know, sing over us and, and speak over us and, has a plan for us. And it's not just a like, you know, like a board game, you need to go down this spot, you know, and if you don't do the right thing, you go three steps back. It's more like, I want to be with you and, and ride alongside you as you go through this life, which I think is a lot better than the God I, I grew up <laughs> with thinking he was. Um, so I guess that, that through reading the word and then just asking him to show me who he is, that's how that's how I see him now. Well, that's a beautiful thought. You paint a pretty picture. You do. Okay. I love it. <laughs> um, it's mostly God. <laughs> that's true. And you know, um, all of us, we think we know God. Yeah. And then we get to a different level. And then we think we know God. And then we get to a different level. True. And then we think, yeah, I really know him now. And, you know, I still don't know him as much as I could, you know, right. there's just so much of a relationship there that, that we can get and receive. And uh, yeah. if we could just open up and do it. So, yes, it's so. true. And he's interesting. I never grew up. I never saw him as interesting when I was growing up because I saw him as such a, like, these are the rules, you know, if you get to the end correctly, there's God. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, I understand what you're talking about because 
I grew up the same way, you know, mm. more like um, a checklist, yes. not that it was a bad checklist. It's just that it was, there was more of don't do this and don't do that yes. <laughs> rather than you can do this and you can do that and you can grow. And this yes. is why we don't want to do this. So there was really no reasoning behind it. It was just don't do this. Um, True. So. We must have gone to the same trick. <laughs> Your podcast is called Pencils and Lipstick. And I have to ask, how did you decide on that name? And where did the meaning, where's the meaning behind it? Um, So when I started thinking of it, I really struggled a lot with creating a brand because I knew that I didn't want to publish other people's books. What I want to do is help pull their creativity out and encourage them whatever it is to step into it. So, so I didn't want to just be books. Um, although I'm very interested in other authors. So I obviously do want to talk to other authors. Um, and so I, a friend of mine, I just told him one day, what do you think about pencils and lipstick as the title? And he kind of chuckled and was like, well, are you going to have men on there? And I was like, yeah, but they can deal with it. You know, lipstick, for me, Pencils like, can be the men. Yeah, there you go. The- you can, <laughs> you know, I mean, I am a woman. Um, I don't want to just interview authors, which I right. think the pencils is kind of that. I didn't want to box myself into anything like that. And I didn't want it to just be called the Cat Caldwell show. I mean, it. I couldn't come up with anything else. And so when he chuckled, it was kind of my rebellious spirit of being like, <laughs> well, then that's it. what it's going to be. <laughs> well... I love it. Um, it does bring a variety to the name brings a variety to your podcast and you right? can, you can make it anything you want. <laughs> so. Right. One of my guests was like, everyone should wear a different lipstick, you know, even the men, they should have to put it on. I was like, well, they might not come on if I make them do it. Well, I haven't had any men on yet, but um, I do have some lined up, at least one. Well, I have two lined up at some point. So um I'm hoping that that goes well with me too. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'll ask him to wear lipstick. <laughs> no. <laughs> you also say you want people to know that mm. uh, they have a story worth telling, worth living, and that everything in their life, good or bad, can bring them to their purpose. Can you explain what purpose means? What What do you mean purpose? What does that look like? And is there a difference between a passion and purpose, you think? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think your purpose is what you felt that you were um, created to do. And I think sometimes it will take a long time to find that. But then there are, um, I think a lot of creatives know what they were created to do. They were just told that they couldn't do it. Um, Especially if they, you know, pick up a paintbrush or um, a pencil. A guitar, guitar, you know. And yet there are some who don't step into it until they're older. And then they're like, oh, I just really want to pursue this. You know, we, we try a lot of things in our life and there's stuff where it's like, oh, that's great for a season. And then you leave it and you have a piece about leaving it. You know, it's just never a second thought. Mm -hmm. There's some things like me and singing in which you should never go. (laughs) No more. (laughs) You know, you're like, okay, that's not my thing. Me and math. I, I could not. I thought about being a doctor and then I 
they put in some X's and Y's into the equation. And I was like, I can't do it. Don't like math and science. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I'm intrigued by it, but especially by the people who can do it, I thank God for them. Uh, But I think that you will have a passion for what your purpose is. And that doesn't mean that it will be easy. I mean, there are times that I, especially when my kids were younger, that I was so tired. As soon as I started writing, I would fall asleep. And I, I thought that that was a really bad sign. Like I, maybe I'm not made for writing. You know? I'm putting myself to sleep. Um, and so we have to differentiate a, a little bit about like your, your passion. You won't always have that on fire passion, but you will, it will always be something that you're drawn to. I think yeah. um, that you can't really let go. And the more I grow, of course I would, love to be, you know, New York Times bestseller, like everyone's reading my book. And yet at the same time, God has really brought me to a place of just being content in getting to do what he created me to do. I have Mm -hmm. stories in my head and I can get them out. Um, There are now ways to get them out onto an ebook for whoever needs to read it. Um, He once asked me as I was struggling, like, would you write the book if it was just for one person? And I struggled with that, but ultimately, if God's asking me to do that, who am I to say no, you know, to the Mm -hmm. creator of the universe? Would you write it for one person in Nebraska or, you know, Africa or India? Who knows? So he's really had me come to that moment of like, maybe it's not for fame and fortune, maybe it's for something else, but it is something I feel good in doing Mm -hmm. and I love I love doing it, whether or not it brings a monetary reward. It brings that reward of just like, oh, I got it done. I'm proud of it. You know, I would like to share it with other people. And there's still a passion to go back and continue. And so I think your purpose is something that you just can't let go of. That's something that you go back to. And it might not make you a millionaire, but you know, neither does math and science sometimes. <laughs> no, but you can feel like a million bucks. Um, yes. <laughs> my writing goes back clear back to oh, junior high. Yeah. Junior high. I started writing poetry in junior high. So, um, and I knew I always wanted to write. I always had a dream to write a book. I haven't yeah. done it yet, but I, I will. I do believe I will. <laughs> Someday I will write that book. Yes. So I think it's true that the purpose, you have a purpose and you think, you know, I think you just know eventually what that purpose is in your life. Yeah. Um, and, and it does keep coming back at times. Sometimes you just have to lay it on the table yes. and let it wait um, yes. and then go back to it because life gets in the way, you know? Life does get in the way. And somebody told me just a few weeks ago, honestly, that, you know, if you look at the Bible, there are people, they have, we look at them as they have these great stories and, and they did these magnificent things, you know, kind of like a Hollywood thing. And it's like, well, we think that because they're in this book, you know, that we're all Mm -hmm. teaching from, but really they all kind of had one thing that they were called to do. And then life revolved around that. You know, you don't hear about Esther after she saved her people. She still had to live a whole life. You know, Ruth had to find that one man, I always forget his name, Bizarre, but, but whatever, starts with a B. <laughs> Look it up in Ruth. And 
you know, so that she can marry him and the line of Jesus will, will go down, you know, like there was this, but life happened in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And I definitely had to be content to put it down for a while because when babies are babies, they need your attention. And there are some women and men who were able to, you know, continue on. I just wasn't. And so there were definitely years that I, I didn't write a whole lot more than in my journal or little things for myself. And, you know, it bothered Mm -hmm. me for a while, but now it's like, well, it's okay. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, that's good. It's always good to have an attitude like that. (laughs) Good to learn to have an attitude like that. (laughs) You kind of have to sometimes. Um, Sometimes we can find ourselves stuck. We're not seeing or realizing um, what our Mm -hmm. purpose is. Um, What are some things that um, you think that we can do to regain or even find what our purpose may be? Um, I personally like writing. I think it's a good way to process things. Um, I think that we can also, there are different personalities, right? So I'm the personality that tends to, if I don't get it out of my head, I sort of fall into myself and my whole thinking sort of just goes down a hole. Mm -hmm. Um, There are other people who are more expressive, you know, and more dramatic and they have to talk about it no matter what. Um, Either way, I think that if you journal things out and try to figure it out, you ask yourself questions. What is it that I want to do? Where can I see myself in five years? Where do I see myself in 10 years? What would make this year the best year ever? What do I even see happiness and contentment as? You know, and just Mm -hmm. journaling that, um, I think we have the answers. We just need to be asked the right questions. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves. <laughs> That's, I like that. That's true. It's, it's hard though sometimes because life circumstances can change a person and you yeah. think that you know what your purpose is. And then in one moment, you know, boom. That's That's, true. That's not what I thought my purpose was. And, you know, it can change depending on, you know, your life circumstances. So um, speaking of life, I'm going to ask you the proverbial question asked by many. What do you think is the meaning of life and what does it look like to you? And does God fit into that equation, you think? Mm. Um, I would say, yeah, God absolutely fits into it. I try to live life with meaning with God very far away for a long time. I didn't want to really admit the hardships I went through as a kid and I wanted to run away from them. And I wanted to then just go down the path of life and just sort of have this breakage of this is 18 and under and this is 18 and and higher in my life. And it didn't really work very well. I think the meaning of life is to leave a legacy for those that you love Mm -hmm. honestly and for me that legacy is not the 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 most instagram followers or your names in life the money or you know or you might be you know c.s lewis or whatever but really he has a legacy that we see but he had a legacy to his kids as well you know so god really brought me to being somebody who can impart legacy on others 
And that doesn't always happen every day. I know that sounds a little fancy, like I live my life really <laughs> going around and trying to be encouraging to others. I, I mean, there are definitely days that I missed the mark by a mile. Um, but, you know, going back to when he asked me, would you write it for that one person? It's, it's really about seeing that your life is this just one piece of the very intricate puzzle that he has worked out. And that what you do and what you obey or disobey him on impacts somebody else. Mm. And so I really had to leave behind myself a lot in the last decade and really look to him for like, what do you want to do with me? And what, what should I do? And trying to find wisdom from him. And it's taken me a long time, <laughs> honestly, to figure that out, just to ask that question of him. But I really think that our purpose, especially as believers, is to ask him that. What would you have me do? What is my purpose today? And what is it this year? And what it, is it next year? Because like you said, too, we might think we know what it is. Right. <laughs> and then everything changes. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't surprise him. He knows. He yeah, knows. He knows. He knows. He knows 10 years from now what I'm going to be doing this, right? this three minute, 10 years from now. And it's mind boggling to think that, you know, because like you said before, when we're younger, we don't have that kind of thought process or relationship with God. But as we get older, yeah, God knows what is in store for me. He knows what I can do and he knows what I can do through him. So, right. I appreciate that answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've, um, I've thought a lot about it because it, it took a long time to get there. You know, yeah. what what is this? What am I doing? Like, okay, I'm cleaning diapers. And as my kids get older, what am I doing? I've asked him that several times, many times, several times a day. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of mothers out there that feel like they're stuck being a mom and changing yeah. those diapers. And they don't realize what they are doing every right. single day of their life, nurturing yes. those children. So I think you're right way back when you said everybody has a purpose. Yes. Um, your podcast is for creatives to tell their mm. story and you want to help expose their creativity. And I think yes. as a creative, we wear, and I say we, because I really, it's hard for me to think of myself as a creative, but you know, I, I will say it right here now. I think I'm a creative. Yes. <laughs> and I think that we wear many hats. What are some of your sure. hats that you wear? And do you have a favorite one? Um, my favorite one is sitting in my corner writing. No. <laughs> but that doesn't happen very often. Like, um, that was that was one of my struggles of like, Your children you know, will come find you. <laughs> they will. I told my husband with this COVID-19 thing, like, every time I sit down, somebody calls me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm obviously I, I'm a mother and a wife, and that's a whole different journey in itself. Um, I think we're also, you know, children of God, and that's a whole journey. Mm -hmm. But as a creative, I think that we 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 have so many interests and talents that we could probably pick up. Uh, we have. And I think we have to let that curiosity go. Like I, I probably will never be a painter, but I do have curiosity about what that is, you know, and it's okay to, to dabble in other things. Um, I dabbled in poetry. I was not very good at it. <laughs> Even if you can write a book, you can't always write poetry. 
Um, but I, I then found myself dabbling in business and building a business and that I find also very fascinating. And then speaking, I enjoy the podcast. I enjoy speaking into others and encouraging them. Um, and so I think if you, if you sit with God and kind of let him guide you a little bit, you'll find that everything that you're kind of interested in mm -hmm. is for a reason and that you really don't have to box yourself in to what, you know, one little thing. I am a writer. I enjoy being a writer. Um, I was a scrapbooker, like an avid scrapbooker for <laughs> years. I never did that. No, I loved it. I loved it in mixed media things. Um, and, and you know, I, honestly, there were times that I thought, oh, I'm wasting my time. I should be writing. But I think, like you said before, we, we just have different seasons. Um, and I think my curiosity in that has helped me in my um, relationship with God and seeing him as a creative I mean, after all, he did create this whole world. He created, you know, an ocean that we can't even study half of because it's too deep and who knows what's down there. And, and wide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like in these different languages and people in a, you know, I mean, they're even saying that there's dolphins in the Venice canals now because he created a world that can clean itself without us <laughs> messing it up, you know. I mean, he is the ultimate creative and that, Seeing that in myself has helped me see that in him and see him more personable, I guess. I think I got off topic with you. Yeah, <laughs> your I love it. <laughs> um, since we're talking about hats, can we talk a little bit about your writer's hat? You've published two books, Stepping yes. Across the Desert and um, An Audience with the King. Can you tell the readers out there a little bit about your books and um, without giving too much away, um, <laughs> What do each of them mean to you? Uh, so Stepping Across the Desert is my historical novel that took me three years to write. My, when my youngest was a baby, I was like, I am sitting down and I am writing this out and you all are just going to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, I'm a avid history reader. I love it. It's, I think it helps us understand who we are if we, if we dive into history. And I had come across um, because we had lived in Spain and France, and Cervantes is one of the most famous um, writers in Spain, and he had been once captured by the Burberry pirates and taken to northern Africa as a slave, and then Spain would buy back their slaves, but England wouldn't. England would just let them go, and so this, somehow I stumbled onto this, and this fascinated me, you know, what is this? And <laughs> what, what happened here? You know, and there was a time in which the coasts of England were bare. People wouldn't live there because they were afraid of getting kidnapped um, because the Burberry Pirates were pretty much, you know, the kings of the sea. Anyway, I say all this. I didn't to, know that. <laughs> so. I, I know. Isn't it fascinating? It is. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. Um, so I... I just started writing this thing of what would it be like if, you know, England never would buy anybody back. So what would it be like if somebody's just there as an English person? Um, and how would that for, you know, how would that go as a story? And so a lot of times when you start a story as a writer, it, it turns into something else, whatever you might plan sort of 
just develops. I'm not somebody who goes through and makes like, there will be 20 chapters and each chapter will be like this. Like a perfect outline. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. I really just allow, um, a, a scene will come into my head and I'll write it and I'll see where it goes. And so that novel is about a woman who, whose father did business in Northern Africa and her, um, some, one of the servants sells her because this is the 1800s and this was a very normal thing. This just mm -hmm. happened, unfortunately, and nobody thought anything of it. Um, and so I thought, well, she's there. She's, um, I have her, her in this scene, this setting and an Englishman shows up and she is given to him as a prize and so she makes her journey back to england and she has to really struggle through it's you know 1830 you are going to be shunned in england if they find out you know you're five years you've just been out there and who knows what you've been doing and so she has to struggle with her past and how much she should speak of it and if she can hide it if that's even a possibility um, she comes back to her family being quite rich and in society, so this is going to be difficult. And so the, that book, what, what I really wanted to talk about is like what we were talking about before, that everything in your life, whether good or bad, leads you to what God has planned for you. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't talk a lot about God in my books. Um, they're not specifically Christian, but the idea is um, everything that you go through brings you down this path to what is and becomes good in your life and that you probably wouldn't be in this good moment if you hadn't gone down the bad oh yes um and so that was that's really the moral of the story and of course her story goes through that and it's her struggle of of wrapping her head around right. that idea um an audience with the king i started it as a short story and then it wouldn't <laughs> never <It> just... stop <laughs> Oh, you know, they'll be confused if I, I don't write a little bit about that. I guess what it technically, I was talking to another author today. I called it low fantasy for a while because it's not really fantasy in that there's witches or goblins or trolls. There's nothing like that. Um, but he said it was probably more magical realism, which I'm not sure what the Christians are going to think about that. Oh. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so there's no hobbits or anything, but basically Nelia uh, has always been able to see people's true characters and emotions in the air. And so shame becomes um, garnets that you can hold, um, you know, evil is like a tar-like substance that envelops mm -hmm. them. Envy is green and it, it binds them up. And so she can see this and nobody else can see it. And her life has been so difficult that she can't even see that as a gift. She can't even understand what, what that would even do. And so in her world, um, there's one king over everything. And she is of the lower class but she says that she's it starts out with her just determined to go see him and sort of demand answers from him on why all these things have happened all these bad things have happened and life is hard and what's the deal you know it's so she, it's her journey there and coming back um you know i guess all of my books are journey books <laughs> but you know her coming into realization of what things 
what life is and what things are meant to to be and just growing i think a lot as she as she makes her way back home so it does have a lot of fantasy in it um touches of it but it's not but it's not magical so i guess i need i need to keep looking for the genre (laughs) so does it have um are you in it anywhere is there anything particular that you put yourself into this is this just all imagination what like what does these two books mean to you um i think what's in it is are the journeys that we take maybe especially as women i'm not Mm -hmm. sure because i'm not a man but i i do think women are very complex in our emotions and our hormones and definitely right (laughs) the way that god created us like we have dreams and aspirations and yet we have nine months per kid that we got to cook them you know and then (laughs) they come out not like a puppy you know that you have to like train them for like five years just to say a sentence (laughs) um and then they still walk in on when you're working and uh, so we have, and we're super nurturing. Of course, we would never, usually, we never want to leave our children behind. And we have all these, we feel so pulled, I guess, in yes. all these directions. And I think it's it's nice to read a book in which the character is pulled a lot. That's more real, you know, in the journey of like, yeah, okay, I'm not the only one. Even if you could, even if it's fiction, it's like, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> she should be mad at her husband. He's a jerk. <laughs> you know? Like I'm not the only one that has to go through that. I I find it encouraging to read that. I like um fiction in which characters are meaty, you know, and they're real. And so that's always been a thing with me. I want my characters to be very real. And I think that it's normal to have a journey at some point. We need to learn. We need to keep learning. And every step, a whole day could be a journey, you know, or a whole year, kind of depending. COVID-19 was definitely felt like three years of a journey. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but, you, you also have an interactive journal. And mm-hmm. you say journaling is healthy. What is an interactive journal? And how do you think it's healthy for us? Uh, so my interactive journal is um, 36 kind of deeper questions. I say deep. It's not like um, it's not like they're impossible to answer. Some of them say, you know, what? Wh- who was the last person you needed to forgive? What did they do? What happened? And did you ever forgive them? Um, who do you present yourself as to the world? And is it actually you? Um, and so then it gives you space to write, and then it has another little prompt. I think um, one of them is either paste the picture or draw yourself as you see yourself, and then as you present yourself, sometimes they're different. Um, some of them is like, what's your favorite recipe or the recipe you want to remember forever? Um, sometimes, it, you know, there's always a little prompt um, that's just about you right now. <laughs> I think one of them is, what's your your favorite shoes that you're wearing because you know we're women we gotta (laughs) there's always that one shoe pair of shoes you go to um and so there's 36 of those kind of sections they're not dated you can do them whenever you want um i created that because i i really believe in journaling but there was a time in which i 
either through mental exhaustion or physical exhaustion and just really low confidence. I didn't think I had anything to say. And I don't think that's true. Now that I'm kind of out of that fog, I really don't think that's true. I think we always have something to say. We always have an opinion. Um, but I think women, especially when, as we're raising our kids, we feel like that's all we're doing. And, and we don't allow ourselves the time to really, to really think and mm -hmm. pursue what it is that's inside of us. Um, and I think sometimes a blank journal is overwhelming and we just want to put it away. <laughs> like, yes. I don't have anything to say. I did the same thing today as I, I always do. I have two right up above me, two blank ones. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a stack always, but. <laughs> I mean, I see the front cover of them and it's like, yes, this is going to be so inspiring. I'm going to put all these words in this. And then I end up getting scrap paper and writing things <laughs> down or putting it in the notes on my phone. I don't know if you're this way, but. I'm particular about my handwriting and I can't write in a journal and be messy. It has to be, it has to be good. It has to be somewhat good because <laughs> yeah, if somebody's going to read it down the road, somebody in my family would read it. Um, you know, I don't want all my handwriting to be, I don't want scratched out here. <laughs> uh, I'm not a My handwriting's not good. So. <laughs> it's not good ever. And it changes like five times. I can't ever keep it consistent. I don't know. I, it's one of my goals one day to really work on my handwriting, <laughs> but I haven't done it yet. Um, I, I actually, I did a journaling course. I recorded one for a friend of mine and I went through that same journey of my journals need to be perfect. I had separate ones and, and then I just sort of forced myself to get over it. Um, really? it's not, not that I don't have separate ones. I have many all the time. Um, but I've, I've really kind of forced myself because I'm not the most organized person to keep going, even when I pick up what I think is a blank journal and it has two entries in it from three years ago oh, wow. <laughs> and then to keep going from yeah. there. Um, and in this journal too, I even leave places to make your list, your grocery list or your, the things that come into your head. Cause you know, whenever you actually sit down to journal, you'll remember all the millions of things that you should be doing. Uh, I knew that was the reason I wanted you to come onto my podcast. <laughs> That's yeah. one of them right there. We're all the same. I mean, us women are the same. We have so many responsibilities, but I really want to tell women we do have a story and we do have a lot of wisdom. My grandmother passed a year and a half ago and she lived to 93, like mm. such a long and rich life. But I don't think I've ever spoken to one person who said, I am content with the amount of stories that my grandparents told me. We always want more. We always want to hear mm. more or the same story again, or who was it that did that? And tell it to me again, grandma. And we never spend the time or enough time or as much time as we think writing them down. And I really think that that's just something that continues to happen. Mm -hmm. And we will get to that point where, you know, our, our kids aren't going to want to listen to us. And then all of a sudden they will want to listen to us, but they'll be raising their own kids. Um, and, you know, we live it separate in this day and age. We don't always live next door to each other anymore. So I think that every single one of us has wisdom and has stories to tell. We just haven't been asked. 
And so part of that journal is to ask you the story and for you to be prompted to write it and whether or not your children read it, you know, I mean, I always, I always think, well, one day they'll read this, you know, and some of them they shouldn't read. Some of them I should get rid of it <laughs> before they, they ever find them in a box in the attic. But this one is really created to just at least get you to start telling your story and to, to really solidify how you see the world and why you see it like that. And you get to know yourself better when you do that, I think. You're going to have to share all this at the end yes. where we can find all of these because uh, definitely I want to get that out there so people can get these books. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I think it's healthy for us because we're so busy these days. We don't always, I don't know about you, but I, I'm like driving around with my kids. They got to get places. I got to go to the grocery store. I got to, you know, get these things done. I do part of my business. I work at home and usually I'm alone, not not right now, but usually I'm alone. I'm in my head a lot. And so a lot of times you think, well, you know, either there's no one to tell it to, or you, you're just like, there's like 5 million voices in your head telling you what you should be doing. I got to go get gas. I got to go get the groceries. We're out of milk again. You know, don't Which forget I to pick up today. your child. I'm out of milk. <laughs> no, man. Now you got to find your mask. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think by the time we're done, um, we're exhausted. We've gone through like yeah. 5 million emotions. Somebody mm -hmm. cuts us off and we're like, I have children in the car. You know? yeah. like, and, and it's good for us to get it out. I always tell people your journal won't judge you. So you can really tell it anything. Don't do it on Facebook. I'm writing Don't this rant. down. Um, <laughs> your Don't journal rant on Facebook. won't judge you. <laughs> yeah, and it won't talk back. I wrote down something else you said earlier. <laughs> I wrote down, just sit with God. Yeah. I, like I got, you know, and I have to learn that more too, but he's always shows up when I do. Mm -hmm. um, if you could have your own billboard mm -hmm. with anything on it, what would it say and why? That's, that's easy. That, that's oh. your, your life is a story. You should write it down. That is my thing that I tell people all the time. <laughs> this is what I want to convince people. That's why I have them on. You know, I think you're doing your story through your podcast of how you see the world, you know, from your window and other people's windows. And, you know, I like the idea of writing, but podcasting is also a wonderful way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're, you know, you kind of have that same idea. You have a story, you have ideas, you have a view, and so do other people. And I think um, people should be told that and convinced of it. <laughs> yes. Um, many people have dreams. And they do not follow them through because they feel they've failed at something before. What is something that you failed at that has taught you a uh, valuable lesson? And what ways um, can you share to help others overcome their fear of failure? Oh, I was so afraid of failure. That's why I avoided things for so long. When I wrote my very first book, I was 19. So that's the book that shall remain unnamed. Oh. <laughs> you, can't really, you can't really find it. It was called Rights of a Western Girl and you can't really find it anymore. It oh. didn't, it didn't get edited very well. Let's just say that. I'm going to look for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think there's copies. It, it was in that time where traditional publishers were really um, narrowing who they were taking on. And I got caught up in this 
semi-traditional, semi-not-traditional. You didn't have to pay to get it published, but they didn't do any editing, even though they claimed they did, and then you couldn't get it into the store. So it re really what they were making their money from was you being excited enough to buy your book and then you giving it away to your family. So 2003 was a tough year. <laughs> Things have changed since then. <laughs> Things have changed, thank goodness. Um, so I, I used to be crippled by fear of failure, honestly. Um, I wouldn't pursue things because I was afraid I would fail and then I would look silly and um, then people would believe in me less and I'd believe in them less. I found a critique of that first novel when I was moving all my things out of my mother's house and it was somebody who had taken the time to write five pages of critique on it and to congratulate me on my style but that there needed to be, you know, I needed to clean a lot of things up. Imagine a 19 year old not <laughs> writing a novel great the first time around. And one of my biggest failures, I realized it was about 10 years later, I realized, oh my gosh, I was so distressed by the criticism that was really honestly written in a very kind way that I shoved it away and I never responded to that person or acknowledged that they had spent the time to do that and got offended by it. And I thought, you know, what would have happened if I had had the courage and been humble enough to write back and say, like, would you mentor me or would you help me do that? And I really mm -hmm. thought, like, gosh, that's a big fail. You know, what could that book have been had I been able to deal with um, that criticism that was, again, done very kindly? Um, and honestly, I put aside my dreams of being a writer on and off for a decade. I would send in letters, query letters, they were called to find an agent. I would always get a form letter back. I, you know, and then I'd drop it for a while. And I just think it was something I always had to go back to because I it just couldn't let it go. But there's a lot of things I failed at. You know, there are times as a mother, I haven't been that great. <laughs> Um, as a sister or daughter, or as a wife, for sure, that's probably my biggest struggle. Um, and just learning to get back up, I think it was the quote um, Earl Nightingale says, don't give up on a dream because of the time it will take to get there because that time's going to pass anyway. And I found that when I was probably hitting 30. And I thought, I used to think that you had to get somewhere by your 20s. <laughs> and if you didn't, that was it. But that quote kind of held me up and still holds me up for a while. It's like, that's true. The time's going to go anyway. Um, so I might as well try to pursue it. And if it takes me five years for the next book or 10 years, whatever it is, as long as I pursue it, have I really failed? And I think it also helps to read all of the stories of how many people, how many times people failed until they got somewhere. Mm -hmm. I really, I really dug into those stories for a long time to make myself feel better. I don't think anybody really does it well. You know, we think where there's all these overnight successes, but really there's a lot of failures until they suddenly mm -hmm. get somewhere but it took all that work before and all those lessons of learning before so yeah if anybody's stuck I definitely recommend looking up all the failures that people went through and oh, <laughs> it's yeah. really fun like okay I'm not the only one <laughs>
Um, where can we find you on social media? Like, and what are you working on now at the moment? Like any new mm. projects? Yes, I am working on a course to um, get people, like get people through a few steps to write their books, um, to get them on their way to writing their book. I'm working on that. That will probably take a little bit. Um, I'm working on a nonfiction and I'm editing my next fiction plus the podcast. So You're busy. I keep, my, keep myself busy, yes. but you know, I'm not somebody who can just not do anything. <laughs> God made me in a certain way. Um, I like the stress, I think. <laughs> the go, go, go. <laughs> uh, but people can find me at catcaldwell.author on Instagram and catcaldwellauthor on Facebook because that dot was taken away or something. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Uh, I am on Twitter, but I'm rarely over there at Cat Caldwell 13. A lot of people tell me that they're on Twitter, but they're ever there. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is about Twitter. It's good for a laugh sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my kind of like rebellious spirit going over there and find a good laugh. <laughs> um, TikTok's good for a good laugh too sometimes, but um, gotta keep it away from the children. <laughs> gotta keep it away. Um, and so catcaldwell.com is pretty much where you can find all, okay. all of my stuff, all of my books. Um, and you can sign up for my newsletter, which I usually collaborate with people and I'll put on the podcast that I'm on. Um, and you get the first five chapters of an audience with the king for free to see if it's something that you enjoy. And I'm always collaborating with other authors or artists, and that always goes into the newsletter. And yeah, I just, that's about it, I think. That's the whole list. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, when do you think that uh, will be up and running, that course that you're going to be offering? Oh, I would love to have that up and running by June, honestly. Let me know. I'll take it. I will. I'll take the course, okay? I'll you may be the one to get me to write that book. <laughs> yes. Yes. The world needs another book, I think. But it can never have enough books. <laughs> <laughs> I've truly, really enjoyed this conversation. And oh, it went you. way over than what I thought it was going to be. I thought, <laughs> you know, we could talk for about a half hour. It's already an hour and 13 minutes and 50 oh, seconds into it. And it's like, wow, where'd the time go? And I hear my puppy barking. So he's yes, been very good. Do you hear him? Yes, he's like, let me out. Yeah. An hour. <laughs> he's hungry and has to go. So thank you so much oh, for coming thank on. You, I, I really appreciate it. It's been fun. I appreciate you having me on. And I'll see you around, I guess, on the on Facebook. Sounds good. <laughs> All, All right. right. Bye bye. Bye. Well, this concludes our Tuesday's talk for today. And again, I want to thank Kat Caldwell for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you did as well. It was a very humorous and uh, lighthearted conversation. And um, it was, I just loved everything about what she talked about and everything that she's about. And um, I will put all of her, her links where you can find her in the show notes, but I know you can go to her to find her on catcaldwell.com. And again, I thank her for coming on. And next week for Tuesday's Talk, my guest will be um, Becca Bowman, and she is an author of the book, Can't Steal My Joy, The Journey to a Different Kind of Brave. And 
I've read this book twice, and it's made me cry both times. And she says we are all broken, and it's a unified human experience. And she definitely has an experience where she has been broken, but we will be discussing that and how God was able to heal her and her hurt and her wounds. And um, I hope you come back next week and take a listen to that. And until next time, love you guys.